You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Fearless Business Podcast sharing with you the business behind running a business. We're your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Mary Clavier. Each week, we'll be bringing you great guests, insights from our experiences, and a behind-the-scenes look at all the topics you may be afraid to tackle in your business, but shouldn't be. So sit back, get comfy, and let's get started. Welcome to episode 151 of the Fearless Business Podcast. I'm Mary, and I'm here with my co-host, Jamie. Today, friends, I think you'll be really surprised that we're going to be talking about planning. I even got Jamie to agree to it. (laughs) I did. And I think the thing that I've learned, particularly in the last few weeks, is you really can't plan for anything. (laughs) Right. Okay, you're not selling us on this episode, Jamie. That's not really how it's supposed to be. <laughs> Planning is important. No, I I loved this idea, especially for January, to sort of talk about some of the, you know, a couple of the key, big key decisions that we've made in our businesses and some of the, you know, steps we've taken in getting to those decisions and then what we did after we made those decisions. Yes, it's not just planning, but, you know, Jamie loves the word planning, so that's why... <laughs> Well, I feel like too often people sort of focus on setting goals and what you're doing afterwards. But one of the things I feel like people don't really talk much about is that process that you go through when you're making the decision to make that big change. Yes, 100%. Yeah. It and it's and there's a lot. I mean, I don't know about for other people. For me, there's a lot that goes into that. Well, I think it's interesting because I feel like you and I probably approach it so differently just because our brains sort of process information differently. I'm more of a person that something gets planted in my head and I kind of sit on it for a while. I may not even uh, like put it into the front of my brain. I may not talk about it. It just sort of marinates back there and it could marinate for like a month. (laughs) Yeah. And then one day I have a moment and I'm like, yep, that's it. And I've not done likely done any research at that point. I've just sort of let it sort of do its thing. But then once I've decided, I like kick it into high gear. Right. Yeah. I'm kind of the opposite. Like I get the idea and then I'm like, okay, let's think through all the things. But then after I can kind of pick, after I've kind of gone through that process and I love to talk, I mean, I'm a talker, so I love to talk to other people about it and everything. But after I've kind of done that, I can look back at all the different options and I say, okay, this is the way I'm going. Do you know what I find out? I actually start to talk to people is when I think in my head, I've already made the decision and I just have that, like, I need that. It's like that last 5%. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) I can totally see that for you. Yes, you do. Yeah. 
when I, I I've like, okay, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, this has happened. And then I've sort of let it happen. And then I'm like, okay, I've made the decision. But now I need to sort of go to that, you know, trusted group of people to say, am I insane? Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, me, I just start talking right away. And if I have no one to talk to, I, I'm fully admitting this on air, I will talk to myself. <laughs> well, you, you journal a lot. Yeah, I do. I journal. And yeah, now I journal more probably than I even talk to myself. But sometimes I'll just talk to myself too. <laughs> there is no shame in that. I like no. it. Yeah. It's, I, I'm just in, what's it called? Is it like um, an external processor or something? That's just yeah. how I process. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I tend to be more internal where it just has to mm. sort of sit in the mm -hmm. back of my head and I, I don't want to even think about it, but I am thinking about it kind yeah. of thing. I wake up sure. and I'm like, there it is. And I just know. Yeah. Oddly, I feel like something usually happens to push me in that direction. So yes. and I'm not saying I'm reacting to something, but oddly, like something will come up and I'll be like, oh, yeah, well, that fits in with this thing, other thing that I've been wondering about or thinking about. You do actually, you're very good about going with the flow like that. And the, yeah, and I agree, things kind of come to you from all that, probably from all the subconscious thinking. I think so. Mm -hmm. I think so. So interesting. So then once we get to that decision, though, I feel like we probably approach things more similarly than maybe yeah. our processing. <laughs> yeah. Our processing is very different. Yeah. But yeah, then our approach, I would say, is probably pretty similar. But I think it's important to acknowledge both ways as being like, you got to find the way that's right for you. I know a lot of people, I've gotten feedback in the past from people who've said that my way of processing is avoiding. <laughs> oh. But I've learned, yeah, I've, people have said that. They're like, oh, you're just not dealing with it. And I'm like, no, it's because the, the answer hasn't come to me yet. Yeah. And I could talk about it all day and I still wouldn't have an answer. So I right. sort of know, I know when I'm going to be able to make that decision. So, but once I get to that decision, um, I feel like if we talk about some sort of real world examples, it might be helpful to show what we put into place for that. And those people were wrong, just saying. Awesome. You, you are still, you are still doing your thing. Yeah. Let's talk about examples. The first example that really came to my mind was around my redesign for brief transitions, because there's so much for, for a product, there's so much that goes into it from, you know, you may think, okay, I want to change the logo, for example, but I was also looking at changing the packaging. So actually the retail bag and I needed new images to go with it. So there were a lot of different moving pieces to it and it was really a big project. So the, the first part was like, okay, why do I want to do this and, and undertake this big project? And how long is it going to take me? Because that's time that I won't be spending on another area of the business, for example. So what's the longer term benefit from it? Um, so that's one that really stands out to me that I really needed to kind of look at it and think about it and weigh the different options and see how to approach it before I even started, especially because I was using, I ended up using a designer and a photographer and really getting all those pieces to fit together is a whole other kind of layer, especially when you're, when overall you're managing and doing it yourself. Cause at the time I was doing that type of work myself. That, that makes a lot of sense. That reminds me of my decision to also focus, um, on the marketing at hashtag legal. Um, and that's very broad, right? Like you can't just say, okay, now I'm going to focus on marketing because as I've learned, marketing means a lot of things. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but what we ended up doing is our website was so 
old and outdated and just didn't reflect who we were. We started with the website and we moved from there to hiring a strategist to put a plan in place for us um, and finding the right strategist. Actually, she ended up, I ended up finding her because she was a, a guest on the podcast. Um, we can drop awesome. Don Foster's. Yes, we can drop Don Foster's uh, episode uh, in the show notes, but we ended up hiring her at hashtag legal because I was so impressed with what she was saying on the podcast. And um, she just seemed like a really good fit because she was really analytical in the type of work that she does. And she did an amazing job. I was really happy um, with the work she did. But between redoing the website and then really committing funds to hiring a strategist, but not just that, but then knowing I need to find and hire implementers also was a big deal. So for me, I feel like at Hashtag Legal, it always tends to be around hiring. <laughs> um right. And finding the right fit, finding good um, team members. For us, uh, that's where the majority of our planning went into is finding the right people. And we spend a lot of time on that. And I rely on my team a lot on that. And that means that we have to get really clear on what we're looking for. So that required me to do quite a bit of research into all the different areas of marketing and the areas of marketing I thought might be specific or um, would work with hashtag legal, because there's a lot of areas that don't, we can't do affiliate programs because they're against my ethical things like that. So it is important that like, once I had made that decision and knew that's like really where we were going to invest some time and money, then I really started and did a lot of research to make sure I was finding the right people to help. That was a big part for me too, with the people, because I, I really wanted people that I could that I knew would support the right way in terms of the branding and also the photography. And also, I mean, in the case of the, the retail bags, I was also looking for the right supplier. So there's a lot of different pieces, but really spending the time up front to find those people that fit best, I think is really critical, basically. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and so then, you know, the plan, I'm not a good planner. So I really rely on Bree, my operations director, to really put forth a project plan and figure out all the moving parts that need to get done. I just make the decisions. And once I know I'm going to do something, I'm super decisive. So I make those decisions really, really fast. Um, most of my time spent sort of mulling over things is really leading up to the, the change or the choice I'm going to make. So deciding to invest in marketing and then deciding to do the website and hire a strategist. That's what took me the most time. Yeah, it's interesting. So for me, again, for if I'm looking at brief transitions and the redesign, I was doing that on my own. But now, you know, that was a couple of years ago. But now that I have an operations person, it really looks different when I start or like tackle a new project. Um, because when I was doing it myself, and and I am a planner, so it was it was maybe easier for me to do some of those planning pieces. Um, but now that I'm used to having an operations person, I'm like, okay, I you know, can't do all that more detailed planning anymore. That's not the best use of my time. But I will say, if you don't have that operations person, spending the time on the planning part is really, really important. Like figuring out what you want things to look like. Like if you have a vision for something, even if it is for, for photos, you know, going online and looking at other examples 
and pulling things together so that you can show that in a briefing document to whoever you're working with, stuff like that, because they're going to need that direction. And if you don't have someone, you know, on your team working out those details for you, someone still needs to show the photographer or the designer and that person will end up being you. So it's really important to, to pull all of those pieces together if you don't have the other support already in your business. I totally agree with that. Yeah. I mean, one of the reasons why my first hire was an operations person is because I know that's not my strength. Um, but certainly all of the research around finding the right people, that's all on me. Brie is wonderful and she certainly can go through resumes, but I have to give her the direction about right. who I want, what I'm looking for. She's a mind reader, but she can only read mine so much. Yeah. Uh, and so me having a good understanding of really, frankly, the, just the basics of marketing, which sounds kind of silly. I've been a business owner for God knows how long. It's just not something I'd ever really focused on or needed to focus on. Um, and the last marketing thing I did was a class I took in college in like 1996. So, <laughs> just, you know, and marketing then looked very different. There was no internet really. Right. So, now, just, now let's not scare everybody. I know. Isn't that crazy? So I remember we had, we had email, uh, like in college when I started in college and that was a huge deal. We were like one of the, we were voted like the most wired campus <laughs> in the, the mid nineties so crazy. No matter what, even if you do have a team, you do have to give that direction, which means you have to be clear on your goals. You have to be clear on what you want. You have to be clear on all of those things because otherwise you're going to get things back that were just, they don't, they don't work. Yes. The interesting thing with my website was I happened to work with a branding expert. I worked with Allie Craig. Allie and I have worked together for years. So she is legitimately a mind reader. She knows everything about our business. She, she, she just nailed it completely. All my photos, all the images, all the wording, like she can do that. She's unbelievable. Um, so I knew hiring her would take some of that off because she actually really helped set the branding tone mm. really well in that website. And then the website was able to translate to the strategist who could look at it and be like, oh yeah, I clearly know what your brand is and I know who you are. And so now I can help you amplify that message. Um, and made a huge, it was honestly the smartest thing I could have done was doing it in that order. Yeah. That's another, yeah, that's another big piece of it for sure. So, but it takes months. So, uh, you know, we yeah. just finished this whole process. We're just starting to implement now. This has been going on for six months. So I think another really important piece of advice is patience. This stuff can't happen overnight and it doesn't happen overnight, but you do have to carve out time for it. So putting blocks of time into your schedule to make sure that you are getting, putting time to the project, but also knowing and having grace with the fact that it's not going to happen overnight. You have to give yourself a good amount of time and, and runway in order to get it finished. Yeah. And you have to be really like realistic with your expectations. <laughs> it's something I'm not so, not so great at. I've been practicing though, um, because I think, or be, just because I want something to be done a lot faster, you know, doesn't mean that that's actually going to happen. Even when you do all the planning, like certain, certain steps just really do take, you know, more time. So having it figured out as best you can upfront as like an initial outline, but really, like you said, Jamie, having that grace and, and knowing that things might might change while you're doing it. I honestly think you have to double the amount of time you think it's going to take. I yeah. really do. I thought everything would be done. I mean, we started this process. I'm not even going to lie. We started, we took the photos and video back in February and March, right before we all locked down. 
Yes, and yes, I remember. Remember? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then all those came out. And then, because that was really going to set the tone for, I mean, we knew we had a vision for it. We knew we had talked about it. But then implementing in a complete website overhaul, and we did a full website overhaul. I can't yeah. even tell you how different it was. If you haven't looked at the hashtag yeah. Google site, it's pretty incredible uh, what Allie uh, and her team did. But yeah, I mean, I was like, oh, okay, the videos and pictures are done, you know, February, March, the thing will be set by by summer. I was laughable. It, it just wasn't, and it couldn't have been. And so I wasn't mad about it. It was just really interesting oh, yeah. to go through that process. Um, and frankly, a lot of it was our fault on my end, just because of finding time. That's why I say, make sure you put time in your schedule to review these deliverables because Allie and her team couldn't drive, make anything live until we looked at them. So yes. <laughs> and there's a lot of back and forth. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think doubling the amount of time that you expect things to take, even with Dawn, who worked on a pretty decent clip, I mean, her time frame was like four or five weeks. She had a ton of research. We had huge deliverables. She sent us like weekly status reports and we ended up with this like amazing 30 page document with all these great plans and recommendations and data to back it up. But yeah, I mean, it, it just, it takes time. It's just a lot. And then when you add in, okay, in, in the case of your project, I mean, there was global pandemic, but then you were also launching the unbusiness school in the fall. So like I, I totally get, and I've been the bottleneck before. I mean, it's usually I'm the bottleneck if someone's waiting for something, you know, but then when you have something to plan out, we should probably talk about that a little bit too. When you have something to plan out and then it goes on. So you end up having to, you know, work on other things at the same time. You're not going to just do one project for the whole year. So then you end up incorporating other projects while, you know, your first project was still ongoing, for example. Yes, that's that's also true. Try not to stack your projects. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so give um, yourself space as much as you can. Yeah. But yeah. But if you have to, then just knowing that, you know, you have to make sure you have the time for both. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think those were those are big decisions. I think another big decision that often takes people time to lead up to is hiring. That's another really common yes. one. Uh, that, that really, frankly, I did way too late. That one, I think you can control the time frame a little bit better. It doesn't take nearly as long. You just have to be really clear on, on who you're looking for. So that's that backend planning that you have to do, making sure that you have a good job description and you know where you're posting it and you have the ability and time to go through resumes. I personally like to just reach into my network first for that. That actually has proven to cut the time for my recruiting efforts in like a quarter, like by like three quarters, because when you reach into your network, you have actual recommendations and you're not going through hundreds of resumes. I mean, we posted for a copywriter maybe six months ago and we got 600 resumes. I'm not exaggerating. And it just, we couldn't even go through it. And so I then asked around a little bit and now we found our copywriter from a friend, like a colleague, you know, so it just, Trying to cut that time makes a difference, but in coming to those decisions for recruiting in particular, those are really scary decisions. So when you're making such a big decision that feels so overwhelming and scary, I think um, sometimes we wait a little bit too long. Yeah, we definitely wait too long. And I think the other part of it is knowing what you're really hiring for. I mean, you you know, Jamie, in your case with with the marketing person, I know you spent a lot of time up front figuring out, okay, what what am I looking for them to do? And then even a copywriter, okay, that's pretty clear of what you want them to be doing. But I found that, you know, even for me, I had to look through 
my day to day and be like, okay, what is it? Where is it that I'm really struggling and these things don't make sense for me to be doing anymore? And I've had conversations with some of my friends recently that are looking to hire their next, you know, they're looking for a, a writer or a content type of person. And they were first, we were going back and forth on what they actually need um, before they go and put the posting up or before they go and start talking to people about it, because really knowing what the role is or what what you want, what you want them to be doing at the end of the day, what the end product is that they're delivering, you know, you need to know that first because otherwise the resumes are going to be useless. Yes. And I think another really big key when you're hiring is knowing whether you're looking for strategist or implementer. Yes. Um, I try to squish that together frequently and it doesn't work. Most of the time when you have a strategist, they're not an implementer. And most of the time when you have an implementer, they're not doing strategy. Yeah. Um, and so that has been some of my hiring mistakes along the way where I was looking for someone to do both. And so I think that that's also important in knowing what you're looking for. Also knowing not to settle. Uh, there have been times where the need has been so high and we have been so underwater and we've been like, let's just, let's just find someone. And I've learned the hard way that that doesn't work. It does not end up saving you time. If the right person isn't in the group of resumes that you're going through, you have to start over. You have to refine your job description. You have to go back to the drawing board uh, because just trying to fit somebody in, you'll end up not working out. It's true. So I, I really feel like the key to any big decision, I mean, you could be talking about Mary's packaging, my website and marketing hiring, any of those big decisions that we've made, I think the key, honestly, is time, is giving yourself the time, never being in a position where you're being reactive. Because when you're being reactive and you don't have the space to be able to make the decisions to plan, to allow for setbacks, that's when things start to go off the rails. So really, I think in January, thinking really long and hard about some of those things that you may want to do and giving yourself the runway to be able to get them done by the end of the year means you need to be thinking about them now. And really evaluating each of them and evaluating each of them against each other. So if you have like five different things you want to do for this year, really looking at each one, what's the effort? What's the impact? What's the result? Like what are all of those things you're going to prioritize them against? Because at the end of the day, you need to be able to to pick the top ones instead of trying to do all of them at one time. And um, I will say, I mean, to, to Jamie's point about the reacting, I've done that in the past and reacted to things before I gave myself sufficient amount of time. And it ended up, I spent way too much time on something that I ended up not using. Um, and I, I worked with someone on the development and everything. And it was just at the end of the day, I, I scrapped it and I was like, okay, well, that's not how I should approach it, you know? So it's very easy to get caught up and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go, but really you want to evaluate everything against each other and pick what's the best fit. And okay. Sometimes there will still be, well, that was a mistake. You know, those things happen. Not everything doesn't go perfectly, but really just setting yourself up for the best that you can with the expectations and the timeline and the priority of like, what's most important to you for this year. Those are all important things to consider. I totally agree. And so we'd love to hear what you're planning this year. Um, if you're struggling with a decision, if there's something mulling over in your brain, um, or if you've made a decision and you've got a plan in place, let us know. If you are not already in our Facebook group, you can find us at the Fearless Business Podcast HQ on Facebook. You can also find us at fearlessbusinesspodcast.com or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. As always, we love reviews. So wherever you listen, please go ahead and hit the likes and the stars and all the things. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you next week. 
Thanks for listening. We'd love it if you'd subscribe and share this podcast. Reviews are amazing too. Please visit fearlessbusinesspodcast.com for more information. If you'd like to connect with Jamie, visit hashtag legal.com. And if you'd like to connect with Mary, visit the transitionscollective.com. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next time. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.